episode 33 of the Energy Edge podcast. Hi, I'm Robin Swigley, the hormone diva, and you're listening to the Energy Edge podcast. As a holistic nutrition and women's health coach, I highly recommend this podcast to begin to get your Energy Edge on today. Welcome to the Energy Edge podcast, where we believe if you desire to get the absolute most out of your work and life, then finding your Energy Edge is a must. The Energy Edge podcast will help you learn to leverage your everyday major activities into an energy advantage so you can work and live at an optimal level. So let's begin. The Energy Edge podcast is sponsored by 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com. Three five-minute videos to help you to be more productive, feel more energized, and to do your best work. Check out 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com today. Welcome to the Energy Edge Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Paul Buckley, and I'm back with my co-host, my original co-host, <laughs> Treva Yasino, or is it Treva? Uh, yeah, I think it's Treva. We'll okay. go with that one. Okay, so like in a spelling bee, can I list the origin of the name of Treva? Can you share that piece of knowledge with us? Yeah, I haven't met very many, actually, probably three in my whole life, but no it actually- There are two others. Two others? You've met two others? No, I'm saying you have. Yeah, I did actually at the same time when I was on vacation going to Canyon. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But yes, it's uh, it's Irish. Is it really? Yeah. Doesn't it sound like it? No. Yes, considering I'm I'm a bachelor's degree short of my Irish name degree. But um, hey, we'll go with that. Yeah, there's Irish gardens over in Ireland, apparently, but that's not why I was named that. I think my dad back in the 60s wanted something to torture me for my whole life until everybody caught up and named their kids something weird nowadays, too. But not Treva. Uh-uh. All right. Well, the one and only with us. So normally I would ask you, how are you? That's kind of the subject of this podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I've been missing in action for a little bit, and we'll discuss all of that here in a few minutes. So we look at different ways, Treva, of different types of energy and how it affects our everyday lives. But what we've not actually talked about as many episodes as we've gone through is how to manage your energy when you hit a crisis. And it stops life, I mean, like directly in its tracks. And I'm not talking about a few hours or a day, but a real true life crisis. Right. And sometimes, you know, really life reminds us that we're not in control, right? And our only choice is how we're going to react through that crisis. That's it. And that's exactly what we're going to dive in. So today's episode is going to get very personal for you, Treva, and it's going to explain why you missed a couple of episodes and something almost all of us will go through at some point in our lives. So why don't you tell us about your story and what's going on in your life the past couple of years that led up to this big crescendo, but specifically this last month within your family and you personally? Absolutely. Well, it's interesting that you said everyone will go through one of these things at some point. Yeah, I think I probably hit a lot of things in the last couple of years. But just to back up a little bit for everybody, this last year has probably been you know how they say they list like the top five stressors. I've had four out of the five this last year and not just less than a year ago. Um, I buried my grandmother and being the oldest grandchild, I was kind of responsible for doing a lot of the care and uh, the funeral arrangements. And I lived long distance. So I was in San Diego and this was in Omaha, Nebraska that I 
had to come back for. And at the same time, my mom was diagnosed with a rare uh, and very aggressive and terminal cancer. And so I was going back and forth, uh, helping take care of her. At the same time, I was going through a divorce, which was the worst of all of it. And I actually had one of my kids kind of go sideways and he needed some help also. And in the midst of that, this last year I moved uh, from San Diego to Omaha to basically to help take care of my mom. And since I have my own business online and my business is appointment based and I work virtually, I moved. And then the crescendo was this last three months, you know, she started to get really sick, very, very sick. And kind of suddenly really in the last two weeks, uh, or two weeks ago, I should say, she passed away. So, and, But you also had some moments too, Treva, where obviously we walked this journey together with being um, lifelong friends and then obviously, you know, um, in business together here. But you had some moments where things looked like they were getting better and some hope and then all of a sudden things got worse and then better and then worse. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the cancer journey, If and, and interestingly, I feel like it's an epidemic. I'm sure that almost everybody who's listening has been affected by cancer, either personally or they know of somebody, you know, family member, friend. I mean, it's crazy, gone crazy out there. So cancer journey is a little bit interesting. And with my mom, it was, oh, this treatment's working. It's great. The, the tumors have shrunk. And everything looks great. And then literally a week later, she had another scan and had spread everywhere. And bless my mom's pee-picking heart, she had such a good attitude and just said, well, you know, if I get to stay here a little bit longer, I win. And if I go, then I win because I know where I'm going. So um, it was it was up and down, up and down. And then they said she probably has six months to live. And two weeks later, she ended up going to the emergency room and passed away 48 hours, which was a very intense 48 hours. So I would say that the last two weeks have been, talk about the crescendo, that was everything. I just felt so compressed. Then you're trying to run your own business and, you know, I'm single, so I'm on my own and lots and lots of stress and pressure, a lot. Yeah. And unfortunately you've had a just the crescendo is actually a good word for that, but just so many things. And some of them were dovetailed right after the other. And some yeah. of those, as you mentioned, were literally overlapping, you know, with your mom getting sick and then going through the divorce. And then one of your sons, you know, the complications that he was going through and just so many things out of your control. So since both of us have crashed our energy big time, yeah. and obviously we've talked about our stories. And if you've not heard those, you can hear my story in episode 002 and Treva's story in 004, just to get a little bit more depth if you're looking for that. But um, how did it take a hit on your energy and your health? But even with that, just a little bit of a caveat, obviously what you know now, yet still in the middle of all these, I mean, we're talking major, major life things. And probably one of the hardest ones is what, you know, the struggle of your mom passing away. So talk a little bit about that crash and how you handled your energy during this time. Yeah, you know, it, you said now that I know what I know. So I am a healthcare practitioner. And so the interesting thing is, I know all the answers and this is what I typically help people go through. And part of my journey this last year has been really interesting. And what I've tried to do is not forget any of the pain and not forget any of the hardships and not forget any of how hard it is for a typical person to keep their energy up and keep their health up. 
you know, because I'm on the other end coaching them and now here I'm going through it. So I want to remember all of it so that I can help other people when they're going through it and really empathize with them. So, and to interrupt for a second, Trevor, I mean, it's hard enough to maintain your energy just in everyday life. Not, and it's a whole different level when you're going through a major life crisis. So, I mean, that's really yeah. good perspective for you, obviously, within your role in coaching to be able to, be able to do both. Yeah. And, and interestingly, you know, when you asked about, you know, how did it take a hit on my energy? I'd say this, because I know what I know, I would say that it was less than before where I crashed and was in bed for five years, but more than I wanted to. But, but the overall, you know, effect of my energy and health, I said what I think was pretty good. And there's some things we'll talk about and why, but um, I really had to manage it and let things go. But it did take a hit on my energy. There's no doubt about it. And I would say really the key component now that I've walked through all of this emotional stuff is that mental energy takes up a huge amount of space in your energy. Absolutely. And so if you don't manage your mindset, your emotional energy, you're going to crash. So that to me is, um, you know, people can deny all they want. Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm in control, whatever. But when you take all those hits, it's going to take a toll on your energy mentally for sure. So let's unpack a little bit about that because I think it's a, that's a great point. Because a lot of times, a lot of our mental stress or mental energy suckers are self-imposed, but yeah. we're talking about specifically right now, it's just part of life. And, you know, a, a parent passing away, specifically, obviously in the last few weeks here, you know, obviously it was not on your doing, but yet you still have to work through all the mental energy that's that's used from obviously being the oldest and, you know, helping your sister out and then planning a service and then yet, you know, taking your mom to the doctor and chemo and all of that. So yeah. how did, how'd you work through that from an energy point of view? Obviously knowing that you didn't cause anything, you just had to respond. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And I think I love the point that you said, because some of it's self-imposed and some of it is just external and you can't do anything about it. But I think the important point and what did I do to keep myself going in it is that I always have to evaluate that. So when something hits me and I feel that little mental stress, that little angst, I'm like, okay, is this self-imposed or is it something that's coming at me I can't handle? Good question. And either, and, and either way, it's funny, you and I have had this conversation before, but and I hate to stereotype, but I'm going to right now, but I feel like I'm becoming more of a man in this sense that, you know, being able to compartmentalize and do some visualizations really helped me because like, you cannot carry all of that all at once. Well, especially so. for your case, because you had so much responsibility. It's just one thing if you're just going through it emotionally. And there's another thing where you are expected to be literally responsible, taking your mom to the doctor, yep. planning the service and the funeral and all of that. It's a whole different level of mental energy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, to answer your question about, you know, what did I do? How did I keep myself going? You know, how did I not crash and end up in bed like I did before? I'm going to give credit right now up front, the forefront of everything is God. Because of my relationship with God, you know, people talk about meditation or, you know, people end up getting into all kinds of addictions because they're trying to escape. And, but for me, my relationship with, with God was paramount. I mean, it, 
when it says in scripture that he gives you the peace that passes all comprehension, I, that's for the rubber met the road. I mean, when you hear these things, when you go to church or you've grown up in whatever religion and they tell you all about God and you know, how great he is or how he's going to hurt you or, you know, all of those different things really when the rubber met the road for me, it was during this period of time and I was a hundred percent dependent on him and I received that from him. So upfront, that's what saved me, you know, hands down. But practically speaking for myself, you and I talk about this all the time, nothing's going to mess with my sleep. And so for me, I really, really, really guarded my sleep. I didn't care what needed to be done, what I needed to take care of. I would just check out and make myself go to bed. And Okay, okay let's talk about why, because I'm going to interrupt you on this, because most people would think the opposite, because I have more to do, yep. I can't take the time to sleep, or if I try to sleep, all it's going to do is all the things that I've got to take care of, or the stress of this, or wow, man, I'm, I'm literally losing my mom, you know, forever. Yeah. Uh, why? Why did you take the time to sleep? Well, I tell you, if you, and I, and I know that there's a lot of people out there listening and even myself before, when you think you can keep going even for a week or two at a pace where you're only getting two to three hours of sleep, you're fooling yourself because your body, you know, we've talked about this a lot in sleep. You lose cognitive function. You're not focused. You have to, you don't have the energy. It's hard to get up out of bed. Then you start, you know, supplementing with all this caffeine and sugar, and you know, it's just like this vicious cycle. And I knew that if I started getting down that rabbit trail too far, I would have so much recovery time afterwards that it was just ridiculous. So um, I know it's hard for people to sleep too when they have a lot of emotional energy that's expended, you know, with some drama and trauma like I went through, but. I really made sure that I, you know, made my room quiet, that I took what I was supposed to, some of the help, and I'm not talking like drugs, I'm talking, you know, sleepy time tea and magnesium and some of those things before I went to bed. So that to me, my um, protocol, so to speak, when I was going through this crisis was sleep was, I was not going to let that go. Well, especially for you, since obviously it has become a priority and obviously it helped you in your recovery as it did mine. But, um, you know, with as many tough decisions that literally, Treva, that you and your sister had to make and obviously planning a service and the funeral and all of that, I mean, you obviously wanted to make sure you were on top of your game to be able to make those decisions yes. with clarity and not being so exhausted. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, for sure. And I think um, I've just come to realize maybe it's just age and some of the stuff I've gone through. But um, even though I have a whole list and a load of things to do before I go to bed, I always feel like when I get a good night's sleep, I'm better at making decisions kind of like spur of the moment. And I'm not saying they're impulsive, but some of these even big decisions about do we keep my mom, you know, are we going to innovate her? Are we going to resuscitate her? Those are really heavy things. But if I'm not, like you said, on top of my game, I cannot make those decisions later. So I literally just have to put them on the shelf and know I need a good night's sleep. And, and the odd thing is it all gets done. It doesn't matter. We can toil and spin for days, but you know, how that works. Yeah. Well, we all do it and I still do it, but yeah. it, it gets done. It all got done. And I kept telling myself that through the whole process, everything's going to get done. What needs to get done is going to get done. What doesn't need to get done. Oh, well. So what else did you do to help manage your energy when you're in the middle of this major life crisis beyond sleep? Yeah, that's good. So of course, you know, the whole food thing, right? Because nobody has time and you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And so 
for me, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do as clean of eating as I needed to. And there was lots of fast food in there. And it was, you know, honestly, you know, to be quite honest, there's no way I couldn't do some of the things <laughs> like eating a pizza cake or candy or whatever. But what I still tried to keep in my mind was what you always say is make the healthiest choice. So even when I'm you know, going to Runza, which to me, sorry, is disgusting. I'd look at the menu and go, okay, I'm going to eat a salad. I don't need a burger and fries and a Coke. All I need is a salad and a drink. So I still tried to do that. I didn't have a lot of room for it for me, but I'll tell you because I was already, my mindset has already been ingrained so much in me. It became second nature. So it wasn't like I was, I was going, oh, I'm learning something new. I just, I, it's just kind of a knee-jerk reaction for me to look at a, a menu and go, what's, what is the healthiest choice here? So that was another thing that I did for sure, um, food. Well, and, and I think with this, it's, it's a good tester, you know, to find out, is this truly your value now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Because obviously this is the, the highest stressor that you could potentially go through, you know, the death of a loved one, immediate family. Yep. And to go through this to figure out, okay, do I really value sleep? Do I really value nutrition? Is there anything else from a management, for lack of a better phrase, <laughs> word for your energy during this time, especially your, you know, your mom's final month and weeks and days? Yeah. So I will tell you this, one of the things that I did, you know, I typically don't do caffeine and I didn't go back to coffee, but I let myself have some stuff that was a little bit of a healthier choice, but not probably what I would always do. So I drank a lot of green tea. I had matcha tea, which is great because I kind of did need a little bit more energy. I mean, let's be honest, all of this stuff that's happening, I'm not going to get a good night's sleep and that's the only thing that's going to help me. So I did, again, make a healthier choice. I stayed away from soda and it's tempting, man, when you're going through stress, your body chemistry is all over the place. So carbohydrates you're just dying for. And I was just, had all these cravings constantly. And I'm like, okay, if I need to have some honey in my, you know, tea or whatever, and if I need to eat a bar that has a little bit of, of a healthier sugar in it, I did it. So I did do that because I, if I didn't help my body carbohydrate wise, I would have crashed. So I still, you know, I still fell off a little bit, but I still tried to make the best choice when it, possible. And I will tell you this, the other thing I didn't fudge on was water. I carried it with me everywhere. I put one in my purse. I had one in my bag. I had one in my car. I just kept water everywhere so that I would make sure it was a reminder to drink water. Okay. Why, again, I'm going to just be devil's advocate here. Why Why water? Yeah, well, obviously we've we've had you know we've had a, an episode you know on on the watered down truth about hydration, mm-hmm. but you know, specifically you know we're talking about a different situation here when you're talking in the middle of a major life crisis. Why is water even more potentially important during these periods of time here? Absolutely. Well, okay. So let me tell you this. So stress, any kind of stress, but especially the kind of stress I've gone through, throws your body off, your electrolyte balance off, which throws off a lot of your organs. It throws your brain function off. You're foggy, you're tired, you're um, fatigued, your muscles are fatigued. So when you drink water, especially under stress, when it's, your body is always trying to balance itself, right? So when it's trying to balance itself, it's going to start leaching all these chemicals and, um, and vitamins and minerals from everywhere, your bones, anywhere it can get to have your body go into a pH balance. And so when you don't do that, you just, you feel worse. So to me, when I was drinking water, I just felt better and I had more energy. It really comes down to that. 
And isn't that the point? And <laughs> you know, I, I want to tie back to something you said. I thought it was a really good delineation, Treva. You know, during high stress times, you know, in your situation it was make the healthier choice. Yep. And during non-stress times or normal life, our goal is to make the healthiest choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so critical because it's just so easy to just throw everything else out and justify it. And which, I mean, who would not, quote, understand, end quote, somebody who chooses to gain weight or sleep as much or, or whatever the normal routines because of going through, you know, obviously the death of a loved one. But in your case, it's a matter of from a recovery point of view and to stay sharp you, you did not give up on that. You, you made a deviation and still kept it within the healthier choice. Is that a good summary? Right, yes. And, and I would say this too, um, it just kind of spurred something on when you were saying that. I was pretty um, proactive with my margins too. So what typically happens has happened for me in the past is that I run too hard and I crash and then I need to cancel my schedule and catch up on, you know, everything and lay there for a day and I don't feel good. This time I'm like, okay, I know that my mom passing away is going to take a huge hit on me, even though you're like your adrenaline's running for that week and a half when you're doing everything. But the thing is, you don't realize that once you're done, you're going to be done. (laughs) And so I gave myself, I took a whole week off and here I am, you know, I'm an appointment based business. So when I don't work, I don't get paid and there's only me. And so I was like, you know what? I have to sacrifice this. And the, the fun thing for me, and, and it was like an aha moment, was that last week I felt fine. I just took time off. So I was like, wow, I'm starting way above you know, the line of, oh my goodness, I'm going to crash to, wow, I'm restoring my body and it doesn't feel like I have to because I've crashed. So I was really proactive about margins and giving myself some recovery time before I got before I got there. Well, and I want to publicly, you know, praise you for that and just say how proud I was of you because of choosing to take that time did a couple of things for you. And I think you were tempted, you know, obviously yes. to jump back in, oh, I can try this, yep. I can, then I'm feeling okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we even talked about that, obviously, just the very, very beginning of that. And I was on my way to a trip and we were trying to figure out, you know, planning schedule and yada, yada, yada. But um, feeling better and not being tempted to do that, nor me even tempting you with giving you content and all of that. Yep. But I was so proud of you just taking that time. And I think it really allowed for you to kind of reflect, but also grieve just at that level, you know? And I think obviously, you know, we don't want to leave a void of the emotional side of this, of losing a loved one and of going through all of that and having that time to be able to reflect, remember your mother and all the memories that they, um, that she had. And obviously, you know, her desire to have a, a upbeat, joyful remembrance type of service as opposed to more down and mourning type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I just, man, I just think it was such a critical thing for you to do. And to your point, Treva, you know, being appointment based, it wasn't like, you know, you're working for corporate and you get, you know, a week for grieving or got PTO that you can take for that. And this was, you know, time stopped, mean money stopped, but looking at the a long game for you as an entrepreneur that this is the best thing for me emotionally, mentally, physically, so that when, not if, when I come back, meaning you, you know, this week, you are ready to go. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes, for sure. And, and the other thing I was going to say along those lines, we could probably talk all day along, along these lines, but allowing yourself to grieve um, is really important. And for a while and then you don't stay in it and you get up. But what I realized for myself, just like what you said, is my immediate response when when you're done with a, a high intense project, event, 
whatever it is, like with my mom passing away, it's this strange thing and everybody has experienced it like a day or two after you're feeling euphoric because it's done. And you're like, oh, this feels good. And my immediate response was, okay, I feel really good. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, um, it took me about two days to, to really settle down and relax. And then I started to grieve and, but it was so good. And I, you know, had great memories of my mom and I had hard days without her because her and I were extremely close, very, very close. She was my best friend and my sounding board. So I, I actually felt like I went through a pretty significant amount of grieving, but it wasn't super hard because I let myself, but it took me a couple days to kind of get you know how we've talked about like those of us that are tightly wound, it takes us a while to, you know, to go on vacation. Well, same type of thing for me, but in, in this case, it was grieving. And for you, I think that's, uh, I'm just pausing because I'm just remembering our conversations along the way and just how critical that was, you know, for you, just the memories. And, you know, for those of you that are listening that don't even know me that well personally, I lost both my parents back in 2002 and 2003. My mom had congestive heart failure for almost 10 years, respecting her for maybe two or three years, and she lasted 10. So everybody assumed that she would go first, but she got in incredible shape amidst having congestive heart failure, walking three, four miles a day, which was just amazing. But my dad all of a sudden got sick. And I uh, was sleeping all the time, went and couldn't find anything, and then found uh, cancer in his bile duct that they tie back to pancreatic, can uh, pancreatic cancer and mm -hmm. just, just filled. And within 13 weeks, went from 215 pounds to 135 pounds. And I was a primary person, such as you, Treva, right now. And then he passed away. And then 18 months later, I'm sorry, no, 16 months later, the following August, my mom passed away. So being in my mid-30s and losing both my parents, you know, we just had many a conversation that uh, just allowed for us to just remind each other, hurt with each other, and work through that, which I think, you know, was, was um, beneficial for me in those remembrance. And obviously, you know, caring for a friend in this way and remembering the priorities that we needed to have. And I was proud of you for asking those questions and learning during those moments, you know, and really with the margin that you had created to be able to have those type of conversations. Yeah. And, and one thing I wanted to say too is those of us that are pretty self-sufficient, independent, uh, driven entrepreneurs, executives, we have a hard time asking for help. And um, it was hard for me, but I did it. And I think that helped me in my energy too, because I was able to, you know, it's, it's not about delegating. It's not that, but it's really asking for help. And so I asked for help for things that I needed to let go of and I couldn't do myself, but were still important to me, obviously like grocery shopping, I needed food. So there were other things that I just asked for help in and people are always willing to help. You just need to ask. And that's, uh, that's critical. That's hard to do, you know, mm -hmm. especially if we don't normally ask during normal life, it's um, sometimes even harder during, during stressful times with there. But uh, yeah, it is, I think it's part of maturity and growing up. You had mentioned a phrase that I like where you said, you know, um, things that you had to let go of. What else do you feel like you had to let go of during this time? Yeah. So, well, you, one of them, the podcast, which was hard, you know, some of that stuff, yeah. like I said, my, my job, I, I had to put it aside and know that, you know what, I'm going to take a hit financially. I'll just work it out, you know, how I need to, um, the podcast. The other thing, this sounds a little crazy, but I had to let go of my organization. And so what I mean by that is, you know, I'm pretty um, organized and I have a routine and I had to let it go. And that's really hard to do when, when you're like us. So, um, 
you know, in the mornings I like to. You name calling? <laughs> You're one of me. Oh, so. uh-huh. man, we gotta be all, why we got to be like that? You see, you know, uh-huh. get your name calling. Anyway, well, no, learned, you're exactly right. I've learned from the best. Oh, I know. So, Sorry about that. <laughs> but for me, you know, I get out of bed in the morning, make my bed. I have a routine and I had to let that go because I couldn't keep it up. So um, my house was a mess. My bed was a mess. Um, of course, I put my finances in order, but I really needed to let go of organization for me. And believe it or not, it was kind of wild because when I was done with it all and after my vacation, I was like, oh, do I really have to work? This is kind of fun. <laughs> so letting nice. go of organization for sure. The other thing is we talked about this is just letting go. And I had to keep reevaluating like probably 50 times a day. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. Put that down, put it aside. And one of the things I do, I mentioned earlier was visualizations with people who have a hard time sleeping and turning their mind off. And it's just super simple, but, you know, I picture myself laying in bed and I have all these boxes and I have to take all the things that are on my mind and put one of them in a box, close the box, pick the box up, put it in the closet, shut the door and know it's going to be there for later. But it slows me down enough to take each of those thoughts, putting them in a box, putting them in the closet. And so I I had to do that several times uh, throughout the day when I just, I I just couldn't get everything done. The other thing that I did let go of, and everyone's going to go, what, was exercise. And, and I'm not saying everything, but for me and for probably more people than want, than want to admit, when you're under that much duress, so much stress, when you exercise, sometimes it's actually counterproductive. And so yeah. um, I couldn't go out there and lift weights and do cardio or run. I just did what I could do. And that's you know, really was like a walk for 15 minutes. So I kept that, but I had to let um, that go completely. So, and, that, and that's a good word, you know. Um, sometimes we could use that as a stress release and sometimes, like you said, it's counterproductive, but, you know, sometimes the walk for you is literally, you know, move the body, rest the mind, you know, to really maximize that at the highest, highest level. So just a couple more questions that I'm just kind of processing as we're talking through this, but now give us some signs on what to look for. Maybe when our body is starting mm-hmm. to cry out, just stop, please mm-hmm. stop yeah. the madness. Yeah, I had, I, I have, I've had several of those. And whether you've been sick and crashed like you and I have, or you're just, you know, trying to maintain, I think there's some really critical things to look for when your body is yelling at you to stop. Um, other than the obvious, like your blood pressure goes high, your blood sugar is out of whack. Um, but, but one thing that you can, when you know your body's starting to cry out for help, is when you're not sleeping. You know, if you're a sleeper and then all of a sudden you get some two, three, four nights that you're not sleeping well, you know your body's saying, you know what, it's an alarm, you need to stop or slow down, evaluate what's going on. The other thing, of course, is fatigue. You know, we want to push through fatigue and we've got to get it done. Sometimes we have to, you know, I, I had to do that, you know, with my mom. But I also addressed it. So fatigue is another sign that, you know what, your body is screaming at you to stop. Um, I would say the other thing too is <clears throat> we all get this is, especially as entrepreneurs, you know when you start thinking and your, your, your brain's going, going, but there comes a point where you can't shut it off. It's like, what happened? It just all of a yeah. sudden just won't stop. That is also a sign you need to, it's a warning sign. You need to slow down or you're going to crash. So I would say those three things for me were paramount. Any uh, just closing thoughts that come to your mind right now? Obviously, this was not scheduled to be necessarily an interview, but as you and I talked, we just 
really felt that this was vital, you know, um, obviously with being a critical part of this um, as a co-host, this podcast, but, um, you know, everybody's going to go through some type of major life crisis, you know, whether it's burying somebody or something like that level of stress, anything you just want to kind of leave us with right now? Yeah, a couple things. Um, everybody's going to go through a devastatingly hard time. And I think when you're in that time to really look for all of the good, because there's a lot of good things that happen in the worst times of your life. And just, you know, obviously this is super cliche, but the eye of the storm. So there's a storm going on, but the eye of the storm is really quiet and beautiful. So there are a lot of really good things that happen and life lessons. So don't close your eyes to all of it and put your head down and run through it. Really keep your eyes open and look around because there's all kinds of gifts that are meant to be had in times like that. And then the other thing is, you know, we don't preach a whole lot on here, but I would say where, you know, where are you at in a relationship with God? Cause he wants a relationship with you. And I could not have done every single thing I did without him. And I mean that not just a, Oh, go to church on Sunday, but like my relationship with him was crucial for me to have peace, to have patience, to have power, to have insight and understanding and wisdom and all of that. I just, I'm not like that on my own. So without him, I couldn't have done any of it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Treva, obviously, you know, we're both people of faith and, um, you know, this is a podcast that's in general, you know, obviously about energy and improving in life. But, um, you know, obviously there's times like this when life literally stops us in our tracks here in a major, major way. And uh, in situations like this is when our faith really is tested and potentially grown. And I definitely have seen that in your life. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. The Energy Edge podcast is sponsored by 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com. Most of us are just plain tired. Our pace far outruns our energy, yet we just keep going. We quickly move from busy to beat down to burnout. And sometimes we pull this off by the end of the same day, and it's Monday. What we need is a reminder that there's another way a kickstart to get us thinking and to get us going in the right direction. 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com offers three five-minute videos on the topics of sleep, nutrition, and fitness movements, where a problem is discussed and two energy kickstart challenges are offered. Why? Well, because we all need a kickstart from time to time. The best part about it is the only thing it will cost you is a few minutes of your time because the video series is absolutely free. So check out 5MinuteEnergyKickstart.com today. This is your podcast co-host, Trevi Yacino. I would love to have a personal conversation with each and every one of you. Why? Almost everyone I talk to is struggling with common yet incredibly frustrating issues such as losing weight, loss of energy, lots of digestive issues, and many, many more. I help business professionals like yourselves get to the core of why you're feeling so badly and get you back to feeling fantastic. If you head over to my website, livingtree.co, share your information under contact me, and we can set up a time to chat for free. I am passionate about giving you the tools you need to become independently healthy and regain the energetic you. Just ask Brian, my co-host. He was one of my biggest challenges. Now look at him, or should I say listen to him? I can't even keep up. So let's get your living on. Well, at this point in the podcast, we do the what nows, which usually Treva does, but um, 
obviously with her story, um, I just pulled so much out of it. So I have 17 what nows. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, 14. We'll be here grossly, all day. Grossly over-exaggerated. No, actually, <laughs> just, just three that came to mind. Uh, one is prioritize sleep to have the energy to make the best of a major life crisis. And I thought that was so critical to you that you brought that up because obviously you want to be able to take care of your body, you know, here and now, but then also for the future, but also really to have the clarity to be able to make the decisions that you needed to make. A uh, second one I picked up was, and I love the phrase you had on there, learn to make the healthier choice, not always the healthiest choice mm-hmm. during the highest stress times in major life crisis. Because obviously we don't want to throw everything away of making the healthiest choice and that being kind of our ultimate goal. But during high stress major life crisis to make the healthier choice and be cognizant of that. And the third one kind of slid in there. I didn't want to cut it out was to make sure you have the margin during these times to have the space that you need. And I thought that was a rich extra nugget uh, that you threw in there that seems almost like, wow, one of these is not like the other. Why would that go in there? But uh, just what a difference that made for you to have that margin yeah. uh, during the time of stress when sometimes we struggle to just do that into everyday life. Any quick comments about any of those three? Yeah. And, and I'll say this um, because now that I'm out, I'm getting out of that stress. It doesn't give me an excuse. <laughs> we all think that we can do things when things slow down or are, are less, you know, stressful, but that's not true. You, it doesn't really matter. You still can make time for whatever is the most, the biggest priority you can. It's just, it's the way it goes. So we just have to prioritize those things. And that's a great word. I mean, obviously I am now a month and a half past um, gallbladder surgery and all the complications that I had. And just even to your point, you know, mine wasn't nearly the level of depth that you went through, Treva. But see, and I'm starting to get back into normal routines. I'm back to about 90% of where I was. Certain foods are not as upsetting to me anymore. And it's easy to go back into the old yes. way of life when you're out of that high crisis moment. So that was a great reminder. Yeah. Next episode preview, episode 34, is an interview with Emily Neal. She's a former journalist and now communication director at a church. But Emily has had a major health crisis, similar to kind of Trevo, it's something different here, but is still in the middle of her story. And we're going to join Emily in the midst of her unfinished story. And here's a clip. As, as soon as I found out I had celiac disease, I immediately went gluten-free, but I did have a pretty long pity party about that. Um, I mourned donuts and funnel cakes and uh, chocolate chip cookies. And so, yeah, so I made up for it by anything that was gluten-free. I would just, I basically went on the gluten-free junk food diet. As always, thanks for making it to this point in the episode. This is a real life episode that will hopefully prepare you for, well, when, not if you're in the middle of a major life crisis. How do we manage our energy? As always, we'll try and do better next time. Go and get your energy edge on today. Yes, sir.